Because if you're just like, I'm going to do this right now and get it done, then you'll really start to take that more seriously. And it becomes something you do more and more often, which becomes habits, which becomes that habitual second nature, which then leads you to success. Welcome to the Money Talks interview series here. This is new. We are excited and we have our first guest who needs no introduction. The one and only Maseko Mapanyane, known as MAPS, the actor, TV presenter, best dressed man, designer, speaker, ambassador, creative consultant, voiceover artist, media icon and entrepreneur of the most delicious burgers, the startup buns out in Linden. Thank you very much for coming and having uh, being part of the first uh, episode of Money Talks Interviews, bro. Thank you very much, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I didn't know we even found that. I, I just flip burgers for a living. <laughs> Maps, look at this list. It's incredible. And you're so young and wow, such an inspiration to all the people out there. I'm excited and curious. All these questions for you today. I mean, well, I'm curious to know what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a number of things. I think I've always been a very curious person, which has, I guess, set the path and the trajectory of a lot of the things that I've gotten myself into. But when I was younger, I oscillated from being um, really keen on being a professional sportsman of some sort. That was always something on the cards. It might have been football, athletics, golf. golf. Um, you know, those were sort of like the three I'll main... Just tell you. But this guy over here can hit that driver 340 meters and it's incredible to watch. I think your handicap used to be plus two. Yeah, I was about a plus two when I was uh, in, in, in high school, the end of high school. But um, yeah, then, then you grow older and it doesn't help if you can hit far, but you can't hit straight. So <laughs> now that, that handicap's definitely gone the other way. Um, but um, yeah, so sports was always a love of mine. And I would always debate my parents on several things. And they started making something like law attractive, you know, perhaps wanting to become a lawyer. And you have all those different things when you're a kid of wanting to maybe be a doctor and maybe wanting to be a policeman and then maybe wanting to be an astronaut. You're all over the place. But as I started to grow into my own, it was either law, architecture or professional sports. Uh, those are always the things that I was looking at from a professional career standpoint. And if not those things, then something that requires a lot of creative ability from me. Um, and yeah. Well, I mean, that's curiosity, mm. right? The curiosity to learn and grow. And you and I both know the importance of this in the factors of this mix of things that uh, get somebody to a level of something in their life, call it success. Um, and I mean, I suppose when looking out maps, a lot of people look at this icon this always smiling, always happy, large personality that you bring everywhere you go, even when the camera's off, I promise you, this guy is always cracking jokes. And a lot of people can look at that and say, this is luck, it could have come easy. And I mean, based on your basis of the traditional uh, job leading to where you are today with this impressive list of achievements maps, um, what are the factors that you reckon contributed uh, you, to your personal growth? What do you see as the ingredients for, for growth? For me, really, it's always been about taking 
what I do seriously, but taking uh, what I get to do with other people seriously. So um, things such as taking both your time and other people's time seriously. So time management is a huge thing. You know, respecting the fact that um, when you are in that environment and you have this opportunity, you don't take it for granted that you make the most in e of each and every opportunity that you get. So, you know, if I can think of attributes of being uh, perhaps in certain uh, work environments, you always want to be, as I say, as respectful of time as possible, reliable that you're going to deliver, uh, ensure that you are adding some sort of value to whatever it is that you're doing and then create an environment where people really enjoy working with you that they want to tell everyone else about that experience and in turn word of mouth ends up being that great thing that does the work for you from a marketing perspective that I think links you to the next person and the next person who then says to you it's such a pleasure to finally get to work with you I heard from so and so who worked with you that you, that you were just such a pleasure to be um, you know to, to, to be with on set or on stage with or um, you know in the meeting with whatever it might be and um, I thought it would be great to, to, to try and get you on board with what I'm doing too because you seem like a person we can certainly approach that will take what we're doing seriously and is as responsible about themselves as what they try and deliver. So I think that's definitely a big attribute and um, you know it's, it's always been about taking what I do seriously 100% and trying to make sure that you bring and add as much value as possible to take that step even further for whatever it is that is required for me to ensure that you over delivering yet, of course, with that under promise. Of course, Maps. What a beautiful thing you focused on such important factors like time, uh, value, networking, positioning, and all these unique skills. And I mean, based on how you told that story, it seems like you accumulated those skills over time while remaining true to the core beliefs, the man's man, keep on time. Yeah. Uh, treat other people the way you'd like to be treated. These are a few things I follow. And uh, so, so how would you say the importance of leveling up your game would be uh, as a mindset rather than a, I need to learn this skill next? 100%. That is the most important thing for me in the sense that I will never um, say or believe that I am the strongest, the fastest, the most talented, the most gifted, smartest, best looking, whatever it is, um, than anyone else because you, there will always be someone who's better than you at anything. However, my one thing that I personally compete with myself and any environment that I'm in is that there is no person in my immediate um, surrounding that will outwork me. And what encourages me is that level of work ethic and that appreciation of saying something like that and then in that way being able to extract a subtle sly smile from yourself which acts as like a bit of a challenge of like oh yeah I work really hard too which I know you do but then it's like you know I love that ability to be with someone who's like-minded and it's that desire to work even harder not from a point of view of wanting to be busy because everyone's busy and it's a fashionable thing to be busy but how do you how are you able to turn that work ethic and that ability to really work hard into nothing but rating it through productivity that you manage to, um, you know, that you manage to have as a result of that? And go. compiling and piling things onto your table, um, onto your plate, means absolutely nothing if you're not going to be able to, you know, be productive about that process, and it ends up being pointless. 
I had the privilege of speaking to a CEO of a big company a few years ago, about five years ago, and he was really getting frustrated about how his employees kept saying to him that they were really busy, you know, that they felt like they were too busy, there was too much going on, and they needed a couple more hours in the day. And what he felt was something that was, um, you know, far easier than what he was doing. Um, and he was also the, the first one in and the last one out each day. So why is it that they are so busy? And one of the habits he, he looked at was the habits of, and nothing against people who do this, but he looked at the habits, for example, of smokers in his company. So he realized people take a lot of smoke breaks. And so just to try and keep some sort of order, he created a smoking campus on their, sorry, a smoking room on their campus, mm -hmm. on their office campus. Yeah. And all you had to do was just, each time you wanted to smoke, you would go to this um, kind of cube and you would check in and check out um, to, you'd use the access card pretty much, go in and get out of the room. And he did this sort of experiment for about two months to see how long people were smoking for. And over a week, he got some pretty sort of shocking results. And how long do you think people were smoking for per day, taking smoke breaks um, per day? I'd say in the year, based on the amount that I read, that would probably work to about an extra two weeks of smoking time in a year. So he realized that on average, people were smoking about two and a half to three hours a day. And as a result, in a five-day working week, you're losing out on an extra 15 hours a week um, of work which of course multiplied by four is 60 hours a week. And after an entire year, seven, 720 a hours week. lost of work um, from, from just smoke, smoke breaks, you know? Not to say that you would spend all that time working, but if you just even take half of that time, 360 yeah. hours towards yourself, towards, you know, maybe managing things better, allowing yourself to breathe with the, with the work in between. Getting healthier, developing your mindset. Be so much more productive. You know, and it's one of those things that's also um, what, make my, my, sorry, what made Michael Phelps one of the best um, swimmers was that he realized that most swimmers that he was competing with were training six hours a day. And, in, and they train every single day. And his thing was, if I can just train, Two hours longer, hopefully I can be better. The compounding effect of an extra bit of attention exactly. to your next day. Yeah. And from that extra two hours a day, he was gaining 730 hours a year on his next competitor. Maps, do you plan the year in advance? Are you one of those meticulous planners of your diary? What does a day in no. Maps' life look like? I don't plan my year in advance. There are a series, there are a series of events and commitments and travel um, that is planned for me in my year in advance, okay. if that makes sense. I live a very kind of non-routine life okay. um, that involves a lot of travel um, and involves a lot of things changing at the last minute or unpredictable um, you know, series of different events that happen at the last moment that I happen to be involved in. So I just kind of plan my mindset for the year and I've never been a goal-oriented person. Interesting. Right? I've always been a... Well, maybe let me change that. I've never been a long-term goal-oriented person. So beyond kind of my immediacy. And by my immediacy, I set a certain 
goal at the start of every single morning for what I want to have achieved by the end of the day. Because I've always felt that if, if Nabil says by um, the next five years, I want to have achieved X, I feel that subconsciously and psychologically, um, you will be able to achieve X if you put your mind to it. That's not going to be an issue. However, you're only going to require over the next five years, right? Um, one fifth of X of the amount of work that is required per year to get to X. If that, so you'll do just the amount of work that you kind of know you're going to need to do to get to X. However, and that is a mindset. Mm. However, what I quickly realized was that whenever I was focusing on my day and trying to be as productive as possible about that day, the things that I perhaps may have put in my mind to achieve um, X in five years, X moves so much closer because I'm using the most of my current day and the days that lie ahead of me in the present time as much as possible by being as productive as possible. And um, I realize I get through so much more and get so much more done um, and I get to X a whole lot faster, bringing it to maybe two years, three years, because all I've just focused on is making the, the use of my work. time on the daily work that is required. What's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? Um, I take a deep breath. I will usually look at um, the ceiling for a few moments and kind of be thankful for the day. Um, I'll try and just sit in silence for about five minutes, and then I'll... Uh, you don't reach for the phone? No, I don't reach for the phone. That's something I had to also train myself over the last couple of years. It used to be... Absolutely. You know? And uh, your brain then gets back straight into all the noise. Exactly. So, Do you make your own bed? Yes. I, I can't leave my room when I'm starting my day. I can't leave my house without making my bed. If I... And you followed, you've heard uh, the Navy SEALs practice of making your bed. I have as a result, but I, I was raised like that. I've never ever left my, my, my house, my room without making my bed. If I have a... You know, I even remember when um, with my... Um, whenever I've had a partner and I've gone out for a day of work and they've decided to stay home because they happen to be off or they happen to be sick. If we leave for dinner and I've just come back, it happened a couple of times, if we leave for dinner and I've just come back um, from work quite late and we leave for dinner, let's say 8 p.m., right? And they've been trying to get some rest in bed and I'm just like, let's go out for dinner. And they're just like, oh, okay, cool, we'll just come back and we'll get back into bed. No, 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 we're going to make the bed. I know we come back in two hours, but we're going to make the bed, right? Because we need to come back and it needs to be a whole new, fresh clean slate so there is a system to make. absolutely no no I'm, I'm very ocd very systematic very pedantic very meticulous and things have to work in a certain order um, for me to be able to work at my optimal and to know that things are in check if i can see that things are out of orbit in my immediate space then i know there's a lot of chaos happening in my mind i need to step away and start to break down exactly what's going on and analyze each of those things so i can be back on track and in relative control without being a control freak maps tell me for the listeners out there we have a lot of viewers that are keen on entrepreneurship mm. uh, we've been seeing over the last decade that's closed a huge change in the world 
uh, with technology speeding up the way we do things, the, the, the fear, but also the opportunity in my eyes of AI and the nature of jobs changing in the future and the need for people to start looking at side hustles, building up other streams of income. What advice would you give, especially in the space of creating the influence and multiple streams of income, especially how you've done it, from your perspective today? It's an interesting thing for me that, because I needed to have a little moment there where I thought of, I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted to think of how I could be as enterprising as possible. I always liked lots of things, um, lots of little things. I was a gadget kid. I was a sports kid. So uh, I always wanted this kind of thing and that kind of thing and this kind of thing. And my parents were always in charge of what you could have, right? Uh, because they're the ones who were the earners and had money. And I was always told, you'll have to earn these kinds of things one day. You'll have to make your own money before we can ever buy you any of this. I never had a PlayStation as a kid. I never had, you know, the latest boots. I never had all the cool things kids had, like Nintendos, whatever it was, because they were never found to be necessary. And my parents always said I had to make it myself. And I remember, well, earn it myself, a big pardon, or make it. And I spent a lot of time actually making things on the street with friends to, to have a good time, to have fun, um, being creative with games, to find enjoyment. And I slowly started becoming that kid that whenever the kids had the latest this and this and this and this, I'd always make sure that I went the other way around because I started not wanting that. I didn't want to conform to what was cool because I started finding my own path and enjoyment of how I could, um, you know. Well, you make it your own. Make, your own yeah. Approach. So, so then I then started thinking, how can I make money as a little kid? Like when I was, I think I was like, the first time I had that thought, I was probably around five six like how do I how do I start making money money? (laughs) and I used to always think about that and I used to kind of like it's it's really bad and I I feel sad saying this but um, on the odd occasion when you would go out to the shops and you were given um, five rand fifty and you got something and it happened to be on discount and you got fifty percent fifty percent fifty cent change and then you just like can, can I just keep the 50 cents, you know? Um, and sometimes you wouldn't even ask. And they're always just like, no, where's the 50 cents? And they're like, ah. Oh. You know, this is an interesting thing. When, when we were around that age, and uh, we used to stay in Zanin at the time, every year we used to look forward to Ramadan because each time after the mosque uh, ended and you break fast, yeah. we used to collect all the glass bottles that yeah. were laid out from all the, all the, 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 the people eating and take it down to the cafe downstairs and deposit like those glasses yeah. and you'd, you'd build up five, six, seven rand in a row. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a lot of money back then too. So when I was seven years old, I wanted to kind of start to formalize how I could make income from my family to start with. And that's when I drew up my first contract. And I basically in the contract had said to my mom and dad, um, if I make sure that I keep my room clean, my bed is always made, wash your car, um, bring food to the two of you, 
uh, once mom has cooked, do, do my chores, <laughs> take your food back, wash the dishes, then per week you'll pay me one rand. And I wrote that down and then they signed, signed it. And I was earning, I was, that was probably when I started earning some, some good cash. They actually give it to you it or did they put it away for you? But they gave me a rand and I put it in my piggy bank. Always put in my piggy bank. I always saved them. I always saved. Always had a culture of saving from a young age. Um, and I always got excited by, you know, getting that piggy bank fatter and fatter and fatter. And was there a line on your piggy bank? If you hit this, it means you could get that. No, it was, um, it was completely closed. So it was more just kind of feeling the weight. If I, I just wanted to try and get the coins to block the, the <laughs> hole. And then I just couldn't wait until the day I could, obviously, you smash it and then you can finally start to count that money. And I started to think of small things here and there at school. I used to get bought marbles and we'd play marbles at school and I'd win marbles and then I'd get really cool marbles and then I'd sell those marbles those with marbles. other kids' tuck shop money. The ones. And then you just start building and building. So Maps the collector, uh, Maps the saver. Yep. And all of that started then. And then started hearing about, you know, when I started reading about people who are doing really, so was really successful from a monetary perspective, um, a lot of the time they had several sources of income. And I think when I started getting deeper and deeper into entrepreneurship as I became a teenager and then left high school, it was always for me about the multiple streams of income. And even when I got into media and uh, television to start off with, it was cool. How do I get to that point where I'm not the one who's always asking for work? When do I get onto the other side and be in control of being the one that um, owns the work and can, I guess, oscillate between both and can be in more control of my destiny and income than hoping and leaving my fate in the hands of other people. So as you were having these thoughts at that stage, how important did you have a mentor? And how important do you believe mentors are in, in your life? I think mentors are vital. And I think the one thing above anything else that is the cause for lack of entrepreneurship in South Africa is the absolute lack of mentorship. In fact, it's not even a thing. Whenever I go overseas and I chat to different friends um, or colleagues in industries, they will be casually chatting to me and they'll say, so I was with my mentor the other day and he tells me, and I'm just like, we don't have those conversations <laughs> in South Africa, like ever, it's very rare. Why do you think that a... is though? Why do we not have mentorship here in this country? It obviously has to do, I feel, with, uh, with that culture of, for some reason, that culture of wanting to um, share and pass down and bestow wisdom beyond family as something that was just never um, a part of our culture, oddly enough. And at yes. the same time, South Africans are hugely giving. I think we're one of which the most countries the biggest... that give money out of our culture. Absolutely. Most. Which is one of the biggest, I think, ir ironies or contradictions of our cultures. You think of South African Ubuntu and the ability to, um, you know, want to be able to create for one another. And then the absolute contradiction of what you'll see a lot of the time in different workforce or people who don't want to work um, is the same attitude in the same existing group of people of entitlement. Mm. You know, and it's like, how do those two even live together? Um, how do they even coexist? But they do. 
And in South Africa, it's not something that is ever mutually exclusive at all. And I, I've always found it quite, quite fascinating. And I think one of the things that have been a big hamstring of progression in, in business um, and entrepreneurial minds and the entrepreneurial world, that mentorship has just not been a thing. So I've always imposed myself on people who've then indirectly become my mentor without them ever knowing they were my mentors. And that's from me, since I was small, I always asked the question, what, where, how, why, with anyone um, that I thought could add any kind of value. Always happy to have the conversation. And I've got my people who I would always call and ask about this and ask about that. And they'd be happy to entertain me. And we'd have a good long chat. And they have gone to a point where they just kind of see me as their, um, you know, kind of peer um, in a way, even though they may be a lot older than me. But it was from those kinds of levels of conversations we were having. But from my pure ability to take interest both in them and what they were doing and asking questions and being able to adapt that back into my life too, um, is something they got so comfortable with that it wasn't even a, I guess, strict mentorship in the formal manner, but more willing to, um, a willingness to converse and seek wisdom from those who've already walked that journey. Walked that journey. And for those of you that uh, can't find, always seek to learn and upgrade yourselves, but reading, Maps is an avid reader as well. Mm. Uh, and there's so much knowledge in books. You know, I heard this the other day, is that there aren't any secrets. It's all in books. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, reading is something that changed my life uh, very quickly. I don't think I'd be here or doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for reading. So I am one of those kids who grew up with a severe stutter from the first words I ever spoke until the age of 12. And I used to get made fun of at school all the time. You know how, many, how mean kids can be. Um, how impatient adults can be who were always trying to finish my sentences. Um, my mom was always supportive. My parents were always supportive, but they didn't even know how to handle it. And if I tried to say, say something, they would want me to force it out. And my mom and how did you so over overcome that? And I overcame that through reading. So I would read constantly at home um, to firstly be able to talk comfortably with myself and have, in a sense, imaginative conversations with a you know tactile but still subject um, being a book that wasn't going to talk back to me or get frustrated with me and i could just use it to go somewhere else but also what you did there was you went inside and looked yeah. deeper to find your breakthrough to your problem 100 percent. but what even took it a step further is that i started going to a speech therapist who then said to me, great, keep reading, but when you read, make sure that you read aloud. Make sure that you're trying to read each word aloud so that you can get more and more reading under your belt at the same time, more and more speaking, so that you can find your comfortable rhythm and tempo so that you can get rid of this constant kind of conflict in your mind between your mouth and your brain that I guess causes a bit of a, um, a traffic jam or speed, full of speed bumps that you keep hitting as you're trying to say something and find that flow, that smoother patch of road, move away from those Jovo potholes <laughs> and try and see if you can just speak um, in one kind of unif unified and uniformed manner. And that's what I would do, read over and over again and over again 
initially just to try and get sentences out and get in a, you know, a full way of speaking confidently and get my breathing right so that I can get the sentence out and be more, I guess, brave to be able to just say anything without overthinking it. But then it was even better because subconsciously I was learning so much of the things that I was reading and then I fell in love with just reading as a whole and I think it's one of the greatest possible skills that one can have in their artillery to be able to just you know wolf down a few books and read and really grow their knowledge and the most beautiful thing about life every single day that makes it worth waking up is that ability to learn. 100% maps. The ability to learn something new every day and when you look internally what you did was you found a skill set as well as you built the emotion internally into your habits of overcoming obstacles yeah and that's a huge thing i mean let's look at maps today with everything going for him do you still have challenges in your days yeah every single day every single day, every single day. but i'm also a bit of a um a sucker for punishment so i don't do anything unless it's e um i don't do anything if it's easy i don't do anything if it's not going to require a lot of uh, application of 100%. Um, I don't do anything unless I'm going to be pushing myself a little bit harder. Uh, if, if I think of my daily, if I don't think of my, my daily schedules and everything, they're always cramped and back to back. But, you know, it's things that require a lot from me and require good time management and require me to make the most of each day and, and 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 if it was just going to be an easy simple day I almost have this like subtle guilt of like oh, I could have done so much more with it I need to put some things in there to ensure that I just keep going and going and growing as a result and I think that's just how I operate always seeking to become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be exactly. and maps 2019 the last decade has passed us yeah. what does maps for the next decade have in store more challenges and more challenges in an interesting way. I just started learning the piano um, and I've always wanted to learn the piano. So it's going to be a beautiful way of tapping into different parts of my mind while trying to balance that with having just opened a restaurant while having just shot a film in my first um, production and, and um, first producer and executive producer um, role and you know making sure that those are growing while wanting to open up other ones while working um, you know with different companies and, and brands that I get to work with while also running the companies that I do wow. in the tech in, in, the, in the tech space and also trying to remember me time and family time and enjoying the most of life and really finding that balance the challenge for me is always about how do I find all that enjoyment in everything that I do because I'm fortunate to be in a position where I love everything I do, but... And you're very I selective of everything that you do. You very, only yes. do things, and I know this about you from our time that we spend together, is you, you only get involved into things that appeal to you. Yes. 100%. And, and in terms of the balance of everything, MAPS, uh, personally, my viewpoint, I don't believe in the work-life balance at all. I believe there's life and you find your way around it. What's your perspective? Because piano maybe has nothing to do with an entrepreneur's position to earn yeah. an income. Maybe it could. Um, but what you're doing, it seems to me, is you're living life and doing what makes you happy.
So what's your take on the balance of how somebody could hear it and figure out their own balance? Absolutely. You know, something like piano for me is more about is more about the challenge and artistry of it and getting that type of coordination that is not intuitive or natural to anyone to be able to do that requires your mind to be able to be able to think of all of your limbs kind of working at the same time while you would need to sing and, and you know the moment. and go just kind of it has to it, it breaks you down so that you can start to build up from basic again you know and i love i love that ability but it's more about my way of going into mnemonic exercises you know exercises of training my brain better to remember things it needs to remember to stay active and fresh and sharp and i think things like that build a certain level of parts of your mind that you have struggled to perhaps tap into into the past and then as a result hopefully build your um, your creativity and your ability to approach certain things that you um, need to apply in your life. I'm sure that has an effect on your energy. Absolutely, and absolutely. sustain that energy throughout. But what's also great about it is that it's so therapeutic too and you can utilize that and harness all of that to improve a lot of the things you do and the way that you think um, and sort of be able to take a deep breath and analyze it before just immediately responding. So I, I think it's important that you, know, that you find the balance so that you can always perform better as a result. And by finding that balance and taking time to do the things that you love, allow you to you know, give your mind a break from those things that are overwhelming and consuming you and be able to reset, refresh, re-challenge, um, and also be able to take a good long breath and meditate with who you are and what makes you happy and what re was required from you to reach your potential and then as a result go back and do what you do better so maps in focusing on what you love a lot of people find money focusing on growing their wealth focusing on their financial plan or their plan to their financial freedom uh, tedious and it brings up a lot of anxiety you have to deal with a lot of internal stuff. It's not generally something people love to say they do. Count their money, manage their money. Um, what is it like maps and his money, as an, especially as an entrepreneur, managing the flow of the downtimes before the ups? And how do you find the love to manage that aspect of your life? I think I'm really fortunate right now that it's case of the fact that I'm at a stage where I've realized that the more and more I focused on doing what I'm doing for the right reasons and for the pure art of what I'm doing and that if I'm going to do it properly and do it with love, with passion, um, with commitment, with you know determination and not cutting corners, then the money will follow. It's a case for me of something that has always been well, that used to be a debate for me when I was younger that really frustrates me of how adults approach the world when, you know, I'd always hear them when I was really young saying, there's no such, sorry, um, it's uh, not what you know, it's who you know. And I always had an issue with that. And I thought, well, what about the person who knows a lot more and is, and is far more um, qualified or accomplished on merit, but is not going to be in a certain position because of what, um, of, of, because of who someone else knows? 
And my parents, you know, I would go to them with that and they'd say, yeah, that's not how the world works. You'll understand when you're older, you know, you're just being naive. And so I always wanted, I always questioned that and I always wanted to find what I thought my answer would be to that. And very quickly, I discovered, and it's been my approach to work in my life, it's that if you are focused on what you do, if you're truly passionate about what you do, if you're willing to work hard at what you do, right, and you love what you do, and you're able to just hone in on that continuously every single chance that you get, and you have the talent and the skill, then you slowly switch that thing of it's not what you know, it's who you know, into becoming the person that the who you know wants to know because you're so damn good at what you do. I hear you. I hear you. But I also know about your maps. You are a very good saver. You, you, I know that you, oh, well, you put a lot... Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. No, no, so, so and a lot of people, why I ask that question, is a lot of people find it hard to save. I think if you take it back to the stories I told you of me growing up and having a desire for money and earning it, and realizing that if I kept saving and saving as a kid, I, I didn't need to immediately take from that to get those small things and that I could save towards a big thing, it made me realize the value of properly saving with long-term goals. Whenever I wanted to, to get any money, you know you try slip money out the slot because it's a tiny little slit to try get out just that one or two rand from your piggy bank, my parents would say to me, but then why are you going to go and get the sweets or get that small toy when you can get a bicycle one day if you save more and more and more? And all those kinds of small little plants Delaying that was the gratification. So, absolutely. Delay in the gratification. 100%. But delay in the gratification to something that will be far more gratifying and satisfying than you would have imagined in any of those instances leading up to that moment. Yeah, and no, it's a powerful thing. I mean, I think human beings... Uh, by nature, they overestimate the, what they can achieve in a short amount of yes. time and they underestimate what can be done in a, in a long amount of time. 100%. And, and, and for me being able to look around me and see with my parents' peers who, were once, who I once saw driving great cars and living this great life and then the next had absolutely nothing or asking my parents for a little bit of money here and there, you know, you, you have one really well-established, well-known person and they're asking your parents for 100 rand, 200 rand. What happened? And you find out the stories and it was all from not realizing that money leaves far faster than it comes, you know. Um, and if you're not responsible, it just it will just go in seconds. And that you don't get caught up in wanting to keep up with the Joneses, but you really start to see what living within your means, um, how much further that will take you, how much more that will grow you, and how the Joneses themselves will probably not be able to stay in their lives mm. from you know, wanting to make sure that they keep up with themselves and the standards that they've set for themselves. Is it necessary? Do you need all of that? And need as an, an entrepreneur, yeah. As an entrepreneur, you actually need to have your uh, plan with money or management of it in in a row to allow you to take the opportunities that come. Yes. So, maps, focusing on the future to the people that are watching, what advices would you give to the youngsters of today looking to 
make a name for themselves, make a business for themselves, make an income for themselves and just be better with themselves in their life with money. Uh, the average age, I'd say, is uh, your Gen Zs. It's everyone coming through, uh, focusing on developing their finances, but technically everyone here on the channel. I think for me, I'd really just say, take account for every single cent that you're making and try think of ways that you can multiply, multiply that, um, you know, that income that you're making. So if you're wanting to start a business, whatever it might be, think of the different ways that you can make incremental money, incremental wealth, and save that as much as you can. The difficulty in the South African context is that a lot of the time there isn't enough disposable income to begin with to be able to even save. Um, but in those little amounts that you can save and keep thinking of ways that you can be resourceful and you know, I guess quite, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, not ingenious, but... Um, oh, clever, resourceful. Um, yeah, I think let's go with, resource, with resourceful. Think of ways that you can be resourceful to keep making little bits of more money um, and use that to keep on saving towards whatever it is that you're trying to create in the long run, you know, if you're trying to build up that capital. If you need large sums of money, then be smarter and think of ways that you can be so confident about what it is that you're doing and be sure and foolproof about it and future-proof it even and be able to have something that you can answer any question about that you can approach the right people who can possibly, um, you know, help you raise that capital or invest but ensure that it's something that is worth investing in if you were just um, you know, someone who's finding about it for the first time. But you can also answer any eventuality about it. Um, in terms of time, is the importance of time that it takes to get yourself to a position, especially if you're building up a large sum of money in your mind as the plan, but you're starting from a base where you might have very little to work with. Yeah. The, the, how would you say is your top tip for determination to that goal. When you focused on something, how would you um, put in the factors in place to not veer off along the way? Yeah, without sounding overly you know, philosophical um, in, or, or finite in, in, in my own sense, a lot of the time there's just no plan B. So how do I structure my time as well as, well as possible so that I can ensure that plan A can work in every single possible way. So how do I plan, you know, if I get this extra little gap, this extra little moment, how do I put in that extra work when I get to those moments to be able to keep building, keep working harder, keep learning, keep doing my research, keep reading, 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 asking questions, and keep doing all the labor and putting in those hours that are required for me to get so good at that thing I'm about to start, or want to be able to create or tell people about that no matter what door opens, no matter how much I've put out there, um, you know, to hopefully be able to get that opportunity when it comes that I'm prepared in every single way. Wow. I think a lot of the time that's what I do. I think, I think it's really important that whatever it is that you do approaches, you can quietly go and do the research 
that is required to go into what you're doing. Research over and over and over and over again and really want to make sure that whenever you get that opportunity, you're prepared because too many times do the opportunities come, that little moment, that little gap. Hey, I've actually got a friend who's in this as well and um, he's looking for someone to invest in. Can you come in later this afternoon to pitch for him? No, you and, can't uh, unless you're prepared. <laughs> but if you're prepared, you're like, great, I've actually got everything in my boot. I will be and it's there. a lucky day for you because luck is a 100%. preparation meeting opportunity. Exactly. And it's the same as, you know, um, a lot of people who take pride in um, their appearance and how they um, dress or having their ideas in an entrepreneurial sense being really waxed down for that elevator pitch, that elevator um, you know, um, interview essentially where if I bump into this person at any given moment who may be the key to unlocking my dreams or my dream of making this work, can I quickly tell them in that little gap that I've got with them or that little moment that I have with them, that little time that I have with them, tell them about everything that my business does, how it works or, idea, or my idea, how it works, what um, is so special about it, what separates it from anything else, um, can it deal with any kind of eventuality or question that can possibly scrutinize it, what makes it bigger or better than anything else, or more efficient and smarter than anything else, and why then should I invest in it? Why should that person invest in it? And, and an elevator pitch is one minute, isn't it? Uh, that's a long ride. If you're going to the 80th floor, it's one minute. But usually, um, you know, sure, if you can do it in one minute, great. But can you do everything and just sort of sum it up in that sort of 45-second um, max um, kind of gap? Because the person's also going, okay, um, we're only going up to level one. We just left ground. Uh, okay, and Then you I'll make wait. sure you're going to level one as well. Exactly. <laughs> Keep walking. No, you're right. Leave with them. Keep walking. Get to where you need to. I've had that so many times and I've been so inspired by that hunger and that drive because I've, I've done that so many times before. And when someone does that with me and they tell me their idea and they, well, they find me, they tell me their idea and they're walking with me all the way to wherever I'm going so that they get all the old time that they give me and then they say, what do you think? It's, it's always something you want to be as positive as possible about um, because it's so inspiring to see people be that serious about their... Um, I guess their livelihood as a whole, but their, their passions, their ideas, and the things that motivate them, and they desire to make sure that there is no other way but this working. No option yeah. to fail. So maps, human beings. We all find ways to enjoy ourselves. Escapism is a real thing. What, what, what do you do when you're not being a businessman? Oof, it's really tough for me because being a businessman excites me and ends up really being that quiet me time so i'm more than likely reading about that next business i probably want to like start sports. or i'll read about how other people have you know uh, managed to create the success that they did um, or be as successful as they were how they built their mindsets i'll if i get the opportunity go play a round of golf with some friends I will more than likely be on a plane in my downtime. Honestly, that's really one of the only places I, I get my downtime. Or I'll be with my, my family and we'll have a good gathering, a cooked meal together that you know my brother and I will join my mom in the kitchen with. Or just spend some time with, with friends and just loved ones as a whole. 
and try and use that time to switch off um, in order to refresh for the times that I'm on. And your favorite movies? Favorite movies. I work in the industry, so it's always it's a tough question to ask, you know, what your favorite movie is. An action type of guy, a love scene type of guy. You can't, if you're only a set genre kind of person, I think you're missing out a lot on in incredible different movies. So I can't quite say exactly what my favorite movies are, but I'm a big um, Wes Anderson film fan. Um, you know, so from something like that to movies like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which is a whole lot more... Um, you know, down this rabbit hole that requires something of you to really use your imagination, um, to movies like Crash or um, Hurt Locker. Um, there were some incredible movies in the past decade that really moved me in a big way, like King's Speech. King's Speech particularly because King's Speech, um, the King's stutter is something that resonated so deeply with me and made me emotional throughout. I loved the recent movie right now with uh, Winston Churchill, um, you know, well, on Winston Churchill, um, that was also just so beautifully depicted. Movies are something that I absolutely love. There's lots of incredible different types of movies. I can never say which one my favorite is, but I definitely have a broad sense of love and appreciation of genre, of just sharing um, the different ways of um, showing that, that art. Favorite sport? Same thing as the movies, no, um, but favorite sports would be, it would be the same kind of level with football. I'm a huge soccer fan. Who do you support? Um, <laughs> see, this is where people then will decide whether or not they listen to any of this. So they happen to just fast forward to this point or take any of the advice or conversation we've just had. If we support different teams, there's going to be trouble. So I don't think you should ask that question, but they are red. I'll leave it at that. They are they are red, and back at home they are. I mean, I can't. You know what? Orlando Pirates in South Africa. Orlando but Pirates, but um, they're red <laughs> elsewhere. Decide which one. Well, Max, thank you very much for just being here, being the first amazing uh, talent that we've had here on the interview show. Max, you're more than just talent. You're an amazing person, always bringing a smile. Uh, always adding energy into everything that you're doing. Thank you very much for sharing what you've shared with us for the listeners on the channel. And wow. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, I, I, I really have appreciated a lot of the work that you're putting out. I'm sure the viewers enjoying a lot of what you, you put out. Uh, one of my favorites was your last video that came out in kind of the middle of December. I think it was uh, 17th of December, which were uh, Black preparing. Friday. I think it was, no, no, it wasn't the Black Friday one. Uh, that was in November. Uh, you said preparing, I think, for 2020. Or, or, uh, 100%. Eight yeah, steps preparing for 2020. for 2020. And you had that, uh, those incredible eight steps. Just really great basic eight steps for people to take into account when they're preparing for their financial goals in 2020. And I think that's something that's always great to look at, consider and reconsider to make sure you're on the right path. And hopefully people get into that culture as much as possible. And not only on a year by year basis, but on a month by month basis. I think part of the New Year's resolutions that puts me off is that people are just like, the whole year I'm going to go and do this. So they give themselves the whole year to try at some point to do it. And that's why I think I'm an every moment, every day productivity person. Because if you're just like, I'm going to do this right now and get it done, then you'll really start to take that more seriously. 
and it becomes something you do more and more often, which becomes habits, which, which becomes that habitual second nature, which then leads you to success and in whatever you're trying to do. Thank you very much, Maps. Guys, please share this video. Let us know what you thought about this video in the comments below. You know what you got to do. You got to send that love back to Maps. And thank you again for watching. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like this video, and I'll catch you guys in the next one.